Hey guys, what is going on? What is going on? Happy, happy October, guys. Guys, for those who are living in the Space Coast area here in Florida, guys, you want to check out the Fall Art and Craft Fair coming up this October 15th and October 16th at Coco Village. That's right, guys. Uh, all the information can be found on visitcocovillage.com. Uh, you can find 250 unique artisans, uh, crafts, all types of stuff there, live music, food trucks, family fun, this October 15th and October 16th, uh, two days of family fun, guys. On October 15th, the hours will be from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. On October 16th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. That's right, guys. Visit the historic Coco Village here on the Space Coast of Florida. All the information, like I said, can be found at visitcocovillage.com. Check it out today for your fall art, craft, and fair this October 15th and 16th. Hope to see you there, guys. Michael and Sauce, unfiltered, unscripted, raw, savaged, brief. Three, two, one. Hello. Hey, Sauce, what's up, buddy? Ah, uh, man, I've been busy. Busy, busy. I see that. The place, it's good. So I'm having pretty so, good. How did uh? How the episode go? How the uh, episode go with the um, with the person that you had today, Congressman? Oh, it went great. We did actually. It's a three part series, so I recorded. We ended up like recording like over like ninety minutes, so I just broke it up in three different parts. Okay, so what happened was I ended up recording, uh, doing three parts, and so tomorrow we're doing another part. So it's a three part series. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. I um I was supposed to have a woman on this morning uh, that I was going to do a pre-recorded episode to have it air um, tomorrow, but she was a no-show. I don't know what happened, so oh, not sure. Oh, speaking, oh, speaking of no-shows, guess who also did a no-show on, on, on purpose? Oh, uh, let me take a wild guess. Um, Tommy Vacation? No, um, I had to. I did a no show on the Tuttle podcast because. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So he he invited me and stuff, and so he sent me the link and all that, and then he's like, "Oh, mad saying why did I show up?" Because apparently, um, yeah. So apparently, like I did a no show, and he was like, he was pissed or he was upset. You know why he's pissed, right, Sauce? Why? Because he knows that you're a, a, a radio personality on this show as well, too. So that's what happens when they see the personalities that are on other shows, such as mine. And, you know, he knows I'm on your show. They they get really, really upset. So it is what it is, man, you know. Well, I don't see a, I mean, I don't see a problem. What, I didn't agree to signing up for the interview in the first place. But, I mean, it is what it is. Well, you know who Tuttle is, right? Yeah, he's he used to work with Howard Stern, didn't he? Um, he used to work on the network of Howard Stern. He's a he's a former um, personality on Bubba the Love Sponge. 
Yeah. And and now he yeah. and like he pretends that he's in a radio studio and stuff, so he pretends and stuff, and it's like it's like a see through. Yeah, yeah, he has a he has a, a green screen behind him. He does it of the comforts of his house. Um, he resides actually not too far from me, probably about maybe an hour, two hours north of me in this area called Edgewater, uh, which is a little south of uh, Daytona. And he's trying to become relevant again, Sauce, you know, because he got he got fucking fired from uh, from Bubba Love Sponge. They fired him back in 2019. Um, I think it was like drug charges or something like that. I'm not really sure. I have to look more into it, but I know he was fired. You can you can Google it. He was actually fired in 2019. He's just trying to stay relevant on the radio. Well, that's kind of actually funny. Why is that funny? Well, because he's trying to – so what he's trying to do is like he's trying to hit, like, regular people and stuff. He's trying to hit, like, like lower people, like, they're in podcasting and stuff and trying to, like, he's desperate. And so the way that he invited me and stuff, and I said, no, I'm not going to be really on there. Like, tonight, I'm going to be a guest on uh, Liberty Waters podcast, which is huge. And so they're, I'm going to be on at 6 p.m. with them. So I'm looking forward to it. But the whole thing yeah, is – uh, What's that? Yeah, I was gonna say they're they're uh they're a big show, man. I've heard of them. Yeah, and it's cool. I was like blown away when and so I'm gonna be appearing on there. So that's a huge that's some huge news there. Yeah, did you hear the uh show? We had a show uh yesterday, which is gonna another one, a pre recorded episode. We did two actually. Um I did uh one with Joseph uh with a woman I had on from Australia, which is was a pretty good uh, episode. Uh, that already aired. And then we did another one that was pre-recorded yesterday. That's going to be uh, available on iHeart and all the major platforms tomorrow morning around 6 a.m. This guy I had on, Bob, um, I almost called you Bob. That's the person I was talking to. This guy I had on, Sauce, uh, his name is Bob Lament. He's a fellow radio personality of the longest-running weekly audio program on the Internet called Static Radio. Oh, wow. uh, This guy – yeah, he's been around for quite some time, 20 years in the business, um, over 20 years, actually. And um, some of the you know parts of the conversation I had with him yesterday uh, was just off the charts. I mean, he got into stuff like, like that I knew that a lot of people don't know about the radio business. You know, some of uh, the original roots of podcasting, which for those who are not aware, it started out on iTunes. Um, before Spotify and iHeart and you know Pandora and everything, uh, podcasting was only available uh, almost 20 years ago, about in 2005, 2008 era, on iTunes. Uh, you had to buy it to it, and it was very, very costly. And then you know, maybe six, seven years later, that's when you start seeing companies like Anchor FM that we broadcast on. And Spotify and iHeart and all these other platforms picking up the the shows, and yeah. it just, it just went from there. So I want to give I want to give a hat tip to uh, Mr. Bob Lament that I know is going to be listening to this episode. Thank you very much, sir, for being part of that episode yesterday. And uh, folks, you can check out that episode, which will air tomorrow morning at six a.m. Eastern uh, on the East Coast, and then of course your respective time zones. Savaged, unfiltered. Sas, we're gonna we're gonna bring in this gentleman here in about another um, 
about another eight, 10 minutes here. I, I wanted to bring you on earlier uh, before we bring the, the guest in because we have a, a gentleman joining us um, from New York City. Uh, he's a retired uh, NYPD detective, now turned author. And trust me, some of the conversation we have with this gentleman, I think you're going to be really, really impressed because he's going to get into a lot of the behind the scenes, so to speak, of what New York City is going through right now and what he went through, some of his experiences and stuff. So before we bring him in, uh, do you have anything you want to bring into the show, buddy? Show me the um, fucking list. Well, huh? we're, <clears throat> so we have um, uh, major lineups coming up. Uh, some people, like for instance, we're doing a finishing up the part three series uh, with Eric Olson. And we're also getting another individual with Henry R. Fries, who's running for assembly. And we have major endorsements coming out this afternoon. So stay tuned on my social media platform as we're going to about major endorsements. Yeah, you've been endorsing left and right, Sash. You got to slow down, buddy. I'm just playing. <laughs> I know. Just playing. Uh, don't hey, mind the voice want- today. Yeah, hey, hold on. Want, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. One second. Yeah, don't don't mind the voice, man. I'm I'm a little tired, as you can hear in my voice. It's dragging a little bit. Um, I have I I normally wake up anywhere between four and five. You know, I get over to the to the radio station. I get what I have to get done, and then I go home. But uh, I had to go in very early this morning. I had to be there at like three o'clock this morning. So I've been up actually since one a.m. today. Uh, I'm just basically surviving on caffeine and uh. And endurance, I guess, at this point. Wow. Kudos to you. Well, Uh, kudos to you. So all the endorsement flyers, like the posters, they are all accredited to my good friend, Michael Gardner. So I want to say thank you so much for the graphics. And it's like it's going it's blowing up in Wisconsin and even in some parts of Indiana. Uh, Well, yeah, you're welcome, Sash. You know, you deserve it, buddy. Um, I I normally charge people for stuff like that, but you're a good friend of mine. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh anyways uh sauce i want to get into this uh this this bit of content here on the show before um uh mr vic Vieira uh joins us here uh what did you think of the latest coming out um i know we spoke off the air and i, I really haven't had a an on-air comment from you about this uh with now tulsi gabber uh leaving the democratic party the Democratic Party of the past, the Democratic Party that I joined doesn't exist anymore. The party that was, um, you know, the party of JFK, of Dr. Martin Luther King, the party of inclusivity, the big tent party Ooh. that, well, you know, I personally think that was a very good move for her. Um, I think it's I think more and more people are starting to realize that, OK, maybe the Democratic Party is full of frauds and full of people that. It's uh, full of people that believe in false promises. And I think she realized it and stating that, you know what, I guess. And I think she's starting to see through the bullshit. I think that's what she's starting to see through. And it's stating that the Democratic Party are really full of people that just lie and deceive people and don't really. They tell you one thing, but then they do the other. And that's why she stepped away. And I think it was a very smart move for her. And I think she's going to have a very good opportunity to run as a Republican candidate and uh, maybe switch uh, Hawaii from being a Democrat to a Republican. We don't know because she's got a good she's got a good following because I follow her on podcasts and stuff on her podcast. Yeah, yeah, she does have a good following. Um, I actually had uh, a very 
interesting um, comment coming from Joseph yesterday on the show that I asked the same question to Joseph. And he said, like, you know, Joseph, he goes into lengthy uh, uh, responses. Sometimes I, I, I joke around with Joseph and I say, you know, Joseph, put the periods and commas after your sentences. <laughs> The woman from Australia, she 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 loved it, but uh, she's like, "Oh, it's okay, it's okay," you know. But Joseph was like, um, you know, uh, if Trump, you know, if she's doing this to try to, you know, somewhat get back into the presidency um, scenario, you know, because you got to remember, she did run for president back in what twenty sixteen. And it was a failed attempt. Right. I I mean, Trump just like literally went right over her, you know, swept right by her, flew right by her in the uh, in the campaign race. But if she's doing this for a campaign push, do you think possibly we can see her on the 2024 uh, campaign ticket? Potentially the vice president list. Yes. Do you think so? Yeah. Joseph said the same thing. Yeah, I could see her as being the vice president uh, because I know there's some rift going on between DeSantis and Trump. And so I think I'm thinking that, you know, she potentially she could have a good opportunity to be president, uh, to be on the uh, running mate with President Trump, because I think it's important that president I think if President Trump really wants to like really win by landslide, I would think that you would have to bring in um I would think that you have to bring in a woman of color and why not a better person? And especially with the background of Tulsi Gabbard uh, to put her on the, as a running mate and then put DeSantis as like either uh, Homeland security or even secretary of defense. You know, that could be a good thing. I could see secretary of defense and I, and, and the reason why I say this is because of what he's doing for the state of Florida. Yep. Uh, he literally has uh, somewhat of a, of an invincible shield, so to speak, in, around the entire state. And he's doing wonders for the state. He's acting as, you know, as, as a governor should act, right? He's protecting us. He's, he's keeping the crime low. Have you seen, have you heard? It's springtime, there's green grass and birds. Tell your mom, tell your papa, Zipsopia is back at Wawa. Go, don't even think. Get your favorite drink at Wawa. Only for a limited time. Michael and Sauce Unfiltered. Speaking of crime, man, have you seen the latest come out? Uh... But before I get into the crime there, um, what is your response with um, the Foxes, the five, uh, Judge Janine Pirro making the remark? I don't have you. Did you see that? It's all over the Internet. This is very interesting. We just spoke about the Democrats, vice president, that they chose based on identity politics. A woman who can't get out of her own way to discuss anything when she has the power, she has the ability to get things done in this country and in the world. She is a halfwit compared to other vice presidents. That's number one. You've got Tulsi Gabbard, who put her life on the line for this country, compared to the halfwit that we have as vice president, who can't even address the issue she's supposed to. Let me tell you something. I give her credit for calling out what happened with the Democratic Party, the DNC, when Bernie Sanders was edged out by Hillary Clinton, when she got the questions from what's-her-name, uh, uh, who said that we were uh, criticizing her because she was a good Christian woman. What was her name? Donna Brazil. I mean, let's talk turkey. You want to talk turkey? Let's talk turkey. This woman, Tulsi Gabbard, 
has and she is an educated and she is far from vindictive, spiteful, and angry. You call her those things. I have never you seen You just called woman. the vice president a half-wit. She is a half-wit. No. Look okay. at, look at her comedy shows. Okay. Look at your own <laughs> comedy shows. My the own? I don't own the Seth Myers. Let me tell you something. Your own party makes fun of her. Your own party runs away from her. I have never seen Tulsi Gabbard raise her voice, and she put her life on the line. So Thus, don't you uh, Judge Janine literally uh, had a... Uh, 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 basically an on-air battle uh, with the liberal host there on The Five just the other day about this Tulsi Gabber thing. Uh, boy, that was uh, that was surely intense. Yeah, um, yeah. And that had a lot to, I don't know, that was a very intense uh, heat, like what there was going on and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. And the whole thing is, why are the, why, well, I can see why the Democrats are upset by it. But why is, like, Judge Janine, I think, stood her ground, and it was rightly so, and it just made the Democrat co-host, uh, what's his name? Um, I can't remember his name, uh, but he made himself look like an ass. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he did. Put it. Yeah, he did. I mean, you know, Judge Janine was like, you know, you have this half-wit as a vice president, and how dare her try to go after a woman that literally paid her life for this country. Folks, you got to remember, Tulsi Gabber served in the military. Yep. Right? She 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 risked it all uh, shortly before, you know, leaving the military and then getting into politics. Um, you know, did you see the comment coming out of Vice President Kamala Harris after Tulsi Gabber? I, you know, I got to remember, you got to remember something here, folks. Big fan of Tulsi Gabber. Uh, Gabber, excuse me. I think she's a uh, more of a independent conservative, more than a a Republican conservative, because there are different types of conservatives. Us, you have independent, you have uh, Republican conservative. Hell, you even have Democratic conservatives. It's rare, but yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think she's more of. I don't know. Tulsi Gabber puts off as more of a uh, of a moderate like as a moderate like rep- like she puts me off as like a uh more as just like the the forward party yeah yeah i could see that yeah or which the party that elon musk is involved yeah oh yeah yeah i can see that um hold that thought sauce we got a yeah. um we're going to get um, uh, Mr. Um, Vic Vieira in here. We just reached out to him, so he should be joining us momentarily. Uh, what is your thoughts on the um, – there was uh, on the front page here today on USA Today, uh, the January 6th panel uh, is now changing politics, they say, with the hearings captured, uh, national tension to profound the effect. They're trying to get that uh, January 6th back into play. Like, What's your insights on that, man? Well, they're going to do anything and everything to twist the whole January 6th. They're going to make sure that they're going to do everything and anything to, like, feel like controversy and to make sure people vote Democrat and stuff. And, I mean, that's, yeah. all it is, again, it's a big political pawn scheme. It's a way to divide this country. It's a way to fuel this, fuel hatred. And it's a way to, like, gaslight this nation. And I just think it's an absolute dereliction of duty if you see a problem and if we agree that that we need to address it then 
If you're a leader, participate in a solution, right? And to gaslight our communities that are already like on the brink of like war. Oh, sure. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Do you think that they're going to use it for the midterms? I know we've said this time after time. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Why would they? Yeah, like exactly. Like why wouldn't they? You know, like why would they – why wouldn't they want to use it? I think that's the only thing that they have going for them, right? Yeah. I mean, they they lost a complete base. I mean, uh, just the other day – um, I put out on social media um, with uh, an AOC, uh, an AOC supporter. Congresswoman, none of this matters unless there's a nuclear war, which you voted to send arms and weapons to Ukraine. Tulsi Gabbard, she's left the Democratic Party because there are someone who are hot. Okay, you originally voted. You ran as an outsider. Uh, AOC was at a town hall, um, kind of like public speaking, uh, an event. Um, I forgot where it was at, uh, but I'm not sure if you've seen it. I, I just posted this like earlier this morning. Um, Mackenzie put that out while I was at the radio station. And a supporter of AOC was literally calling her out, saying that, you know, you're a warmonger, you're a, warmonger, you're a war hawk, you're, you're supporting the war in, uh, in, in Ukraine and Russia and this and that, and you want it. And how dare you do this and that? You're nothing but a socialist, communist, progressive. And I'm like, whoa, like this is a supporter sauce of, of AOC. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this <clears> – <throat> well, this shows you – another thing that we also have to look at is that this shows you the hypocrisy and how – you have the Democrats and I think AOC has profited like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars off of this war and she's getting her car sold up, but then she's complaining. That, but at the same time, she wants to make sure that she gets her college debt all paid for without any accountability, you know, so she can keep her woke gender tranny uh, degree. The reason why everybody will end up in a nuclear war wow. unless you choose oh, to yeah. stand up. Yeah, right I can now. see that. You know, like, like what what bill has she passed? I don't remember her passing any bills. I don't think she. One. It's pretty much it, and you know the whole Green New Deal bullshit. I mean, she seems to be running on that. Uh, you know, she wants to, like you said, defund the police. She wants to bring in more carbon fiber type of. Uh, of scenarios right she she's you know what aoc reminds me of uh sauce a my female ex-girlfriend. version of your ex-girlfriend oh yeah. why wow, you dated a woman named aoc no no she reminds me of a female version of bernie sanders yes yeah yeah she's like she's got that whole like you know uh communist progressive socialist agenda you know where she she's really in it for money rather than doing good for you know americans hey guys this show is now on amazon music and audible that's right gonna want to check us out on amazon audible and amazon music great set of platforms we are so honored and grateful 
to be part of the Amazon team. And we're honored that they are allowing us to be launched on those two major platforms. So thank you. Liquid sauce unfiltered. And I hate to say it, you know, uh, can you see her staying in it on a lengthy term or do you see her getting voted out probably by like 2024? Who I think here's what I see with this whole thing. I think people are too, they're too not, they're not stupid, but they're too like, on, they're not educated enough and so you know in her district and stuff you know that i think they suppress anything that says against her so then they can like make good things like publish good um uh, like articles about her and stuff and saying that she's like the american doll and you know that everybody persecutes her so then she goes up in her ratings and then she gets higher donations i don't think she's going to go anyway i don't she i don't think she's going to go anytime soon so she's like a herpes virus. I think she's going to be there for a long time. You think so? Oh, easily. Well, at least in that yeah. district. I think in her district, yes. Yeah. Yeah, she uh, she was asked not too long ago about uh, Medicare. And, you know, again, she doesn't really have an answer for it. They, uh, some Somebody was asking her about the, um, uh, the changes coming under uh, under Medicare. Uh, because I noticed that they're going to be putting out tremendous amount of changes uh, for Medicare. <clears throat> and she was like, oh, we have to look into that. We have to look into that. We have to look into that. Yeah, because they don't so, have answers. No, they don't have answers. Like, like that's the, 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 Sasha, you got to remember, this, this, is the, um, this is the Democratic Party that we're talking about. You know what I mean? Yep. That, so, they say a lot of things, but then they are – they don't have an, they don't have a single answer or any solutions. Besides no, Trump, no. besides blaming President Trump for we have stupid the people dealing. The and you could end up like for instance the Hunter laptop. Those did you watch the Fox News thing that came out? Yeah, With yeah, I seen that. Fifty Secret Service agents. Well, why on earth would you like? Are you just dumb or what? You know, people ask huh? questions. Okay. What do you think is going to happen? Like, why don't you answer questions? And why don't you like say, okay, you know what? Just be open and transparent instead of just, you know, sitting there dumbfounded and not knowing any of the answers. But are we having a guest coming out? Or Yeah, he, he should be joining us here. Mackenzie just put out the uh, the invite to him in his email. So he should be joining us here momentarily. But um, I did say 1 o'clock, so he's probably like running a little bit behind. But it's all right. But once we see him in here, we'll open him right up. Okay. But um, uh, speaking about the hearings, uh, did you know that, you know, just uh, just this, like past couple weeks now, uh, the people that watch the hearings, uh, which I'm told that they're like 20 million uh, for the opening of a uh, primetime hearing and uh, about 17, a little less than 18 million uh, for the primetime hearing that closed uh, just this past summer. That's a lot of people, Sauce. That's scary, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of people. You know, it, you got to you got to think here. These are the re- repercussions that were uh, basically notable, right? Uh, you know, with that panel, and then you know, obviously, you know, it was launched. Uh, but you got to remember, Sas, this was launched like maybe fifteen months ago. You know, in preparation to all this, you know, where a lot of Senate Republicans, you know, tried to uh, filibuster a proposal to form an independent, bipartisan 
uh, for the January 6th commission. This is the commission I'm talking about. Yep. And, uh, you know, then we've seen, you know, the uh, the House Speaker, you know, Ice Cream Pelosi. You know, uh, it's important to note, we fully expect to win. I call her Drunk Nancy because she's drunk half of the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, she tried to she tried to create a, a special House committee, right? We all seen that, you know, and then she rejected two of the five members, right? Car- uh, McCarthy and then a few others uh, where, you know, she's seen them come right into play. And she's like, nope, I'm not having this. I'm not having this. Jeez, I almost sounded like Donald Trump there for no, me. No, wow, that's no. pretty good. It's but she was like, nope, I'm not having this. I'm not having this. It's no, 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 no McCarthy. No, no, no. no I, I can't have it. No, I, I have to I have to go somewhere else. So I, I could see them playing out the uh, the um, the the filibuster into the midterms. So and getting rid of the filibuster, yes. Yeah, yeah, because they're gonna run, they're gonna try to they're gonna try to run on that agenda. They're gonna try to run on the agenda, and they're gonna try to you know make it work as much as they can. And um, you know, and and that's that. You know, Mackenzie, where's uh where's our guest at? It's like almost six minutes into the to, to time slot. Oh, I guess he's running late. Oh well, oh. it's oh. I, I, it's Thursday for you. Have you seen? Have you heard? It's springtime, there's green grass and birds. Tell your mom, tell your papa, Sipsopia is back at Wawa. Go, don't even think. Get your favorite drink at Wawa. Only for a limited time. What's that sauce? Well, did I tell you about how I'm considering going, flying over to like I'm, you know, I'm flying in at like one fifty in the morning and, and to your place in Orlando. One fifty in the morning. Oh, good thing you reminded me. That's that's very that's very early in the morning, sauce. Yeah, I leave on, but I leave on Wednesday and I come in on Thursday morning. Hi guys, yeah, hold that. Oh. Hey, how's it going, Vic? Uh, welcome to uh, Savage Unfiltered, sir. How how you doing? I'm good. Yourself? Uh, doing fine, doing fine. Um, uh, Vic, this is my uh, co-host that uh, joins me on the show uh, from Madison, Wisconsin, uh, Mr. Soslin Timison. Um, so yeah, I notice. Uh, I notice you're a little late. It's okay, a little late than never, right? It's better late than 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 not showing up. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> Who me? Uh, yeah, it's a joke, man. Don't worry about oh, it. <laughs> oh, all right, because I was waiting for that link. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It's about twelve forty, and then I'm saying I I do about ten podcasts a week, and I'm saying to myself, did I get confused? Like maybe I got the dates wrong, and then I was looking for your email address just to confirm. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's it's okay. We're we're uh, we're a little tired here. I've I've been up uh, very early in the morning, you know, prepping for the show and graphics and stuff for for other projects and stuff. So you know, uh, welcome to the show, man. Uh, I see that you're a uh, a retired NYPD detective, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's awesome, man. How many uh, how many years did you serve on the force up there in New York City? Uh, tw- twenty years to almost to the day. Oh wow! I'm sure you've seen a lot of crazy shit up in the city there, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I'm a Bronx kid, born and raised, um, so I kind of had an idea of what I was getting myself into. But I, the reality is, nothing can prepare you. I mean, New York City's got. 9 million people packed into the five boroughs and there's just so much going on and you see the best and worst of people, but it was a wild ride. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. As you could probably hear in my voice, man, it's 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 starting to, you know, kind of slur off a little bit. You know, I haven't been living in that area of New York in, oh, God, long, long time, going on almost 16, 17 years now. Uh, I happen to reside in the uh, sunshine state of Florida. But uh, I could I could relate, man. I used to live in um, in Queens. I was born and raised in Queens, New York. So oh, whereabouts? Uh, right. Um, as you get into, um, you know, the section, as you get into, uh, Queens, right off the, uh, Queens, um, uh, back in the day, we used to call it the Queens barrel bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right over near, uh, Flushing. Are you familiar with Flushing? Oh yeah. My dad worked in there. I used to go to work with my father when I was a kid. Oh yeah. It was, it's, uh, it's, it was a rough area. Let me tell you, man. <laughs> yeah. It's I, still lived right o- I lived right over the Whitestone bridge. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that area. Um, I used to, as a kid, my uncle used to take me. Um, oh God, I think he did this on purpose to, you know, uh, to torment me because he he knew I hated the New York Mets, and we used to go to the old uh, Mets Stadium there in Flushing, which is no longer there. They built a beautiful stadium now; it's you know rebuilt and all that. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's. So, I'm glad I'm out of New York with all the chaos and horror that there. I see that you guys are having up there with this. Uh, corrupted mayor of yours but <laughs> well yeah i mean i'm out of new york too 15 years I, I retired and and like you i moved down to sunny florida oh so you're in florida okay all righty oh, the hell out oh yeah after 20 was enough and 40 something years of you know living up there it was more than enough yeah. yeah speaking of florida here um what do you think of uh governor ron DeSantis, man i think that uh if you have a death penalty at all uh, that that is a case where you're massacring those students with premeditation uh, and utter disregard for basic humanity, that you deserve the death penalty. I mean, I don't want to get political, but I like him. I, I think he's oh, done a good job. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's done. Tr- he did, he's done t- t- tremendous here. Tremendous. Um, I, I uh, sauce buddy, are you still there with us, man? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm just okay. Okay, you, yeah, you got to apologize. Sauce is usually like talkative, but you know, I, I guess he's tired like I am. Uh, Vic, 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 um, I see you're an author, man. Uh, I want to get into the uh, uh, into the books with you a little bit, but I want to get back to this, um, this New York City problem. Uh, Sash just came up on the show not too long ago and brought to my attention. Now, I did not know this. I'm not sure if you know this or not, but um, apparently uh, New York City has a uh, some type of like secret uh, Chinese police station now up there. Our latest investigation, 110 overseas China's transnational policing um, gone wild, documents one specific campaign operated by a couple of counties within China using illegal methods to target, approach, and persuade individuals abroad to return to China against their will. Illegal methods, which included threatening harassment of their family members, relatives back home, but also the use I've never heard of that. What do you mean, yeah. secret Chinese police station? So, okay, so... Oh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, okay. So, actually, it's funny. I, I know what you mean. So, what, what the Chinese... Yeah, what the Chinese government is doing is people that have fled China, political dissidents, and then they come over here and they go on Twitter and Facebook and they got a social imprint and they're knocking the CCP. Um, what it looks like is, yeah... They, they, they send agents over and basically tell them, listen, 
you got to come, you got to go back home and you got to make amends or, you know, we're going to give your family a hard time. Is that what you guys are talking about? Uh, somewhat, somewhat. Sasha, yeah. you want to come into this, buddy? With it? Yeah, go ahead, bud. So what happened is that, um, that it was, I, I think it was in a couple articles are starting to come out where the Chinese government set up a police station in Times Square to patrol because apparently Mary, Mayor Adams reached out and said, well, we're, we're not having enough law enforcement because so many of them are retiring or resigning. So we need uh, other help and other assistance. So Mayor Adams uh, filed a grant through the Biden administration to have other police associations. And one of them ended up being the Chinese government to uh, start setting up police stations across New York City and in Wisconsin to help patrol the problems, to kind of help get the solution, to get the crime uh, rate down. Yeah, I have not heard. I have not heard that story. Yeah, it's it's all over uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I know Breitbart has been putting out a lot. Uh, Fox Five New York uh, just had an article last night in, in New York City. Yeah, Greg Guffelt's been putting it out, Sauce. But I know Fox Five has been touching it very, very heavily. You know, CNN and others are really just kind of like you know putting it to the side, like they usually do. But I, you know, it's interesting. You know, coming from uh, police officer detective uh do you think uh vic and you know I, I, obviously you know i know that you know you, you don't really want to touch on it much but if you can like do you think it's gonna um savaged unfiltered uh do you think it's gonna put some type of disturbance with the regular you know police force in new york city with this chinese police department now well, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, if they if they would have treated the police correctly, they wouldn't yeah. have the amount of retirements. They wouldn't be down with recruiting. They basically, you know, you got to remember something for the last two and a half years. All we've heard is to fund the police. The police suck. The police are running around shooting people. So what what happens? Cops say, all right, got you got a guy that's got 18 years on. He says, you know what? I'm not hanging around till 20. Or maybe there was a, a female cop that was going to work 25 years and says, you know what? Who needs this shit? And, and they leave and they resign. And then what happens is recruitment's going to be down. And then the ones you get, you know, you're also going to get not the best and brightest because you, you don't have as many apples to pick from. They created this mess. Yeah, I, I mean, so, I mean, you know, it, it's New York was a dump when I was a kid. Giuliani came in and he basically turned it around by taking the handcuffs off the police and letting us do our jobs. And Bloomberg was smart enough to hold on to that model. And then after he left, you had de Blasio come in and basically he was part of that to fund the police. And basically, I mean, I hear story. I don't have that many friends that are active anymore because, you know, most of my friends and family, they're they're in their 50s now. They're, they're off the job. But you hear things and it's, you know, nobody wants to hang around anymore. So for them to be for them wanting to reach out to a foreign country to set up patrol or something is absolutely ridiculous because probably what they want to do is they want to learn as much of the response time and how the New York City Police Department works. I mean, I think they they locked up a, 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 Chi, a, a Chinese national as a spy that was a member of the New York City Police Department. And I know a guy not well. But he worked in the same precinct as me. He wasn't the smartest guy in the world. He's a nice guy, but he's just he just was never too bright. 
He retires <laughs> from the job. He sets up his own private investigative agency. We are so excited to do a endorsement pack of endorsing these wonderful candidates for office through the state of Wisconsin to Florida to Indiana. It's going to be an action-packed episode along with uh, Is America Being Invaded? The Invisible Invasion that America needs to be aware of. Hope you tune in tomorrow and remember God loves you and I'll meet you at the finish line. Have a blessed day. Bye. And he gets hired by yeah. by yeah. Chinese agents to spy and harass um, Chinese nationals that are living here. Like like I was speaking to earlier, like you got to go home, you got to go back, you got to face up to what you did. And um, he was indicted and charged. Um, I think it's from the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of, you know, aiding and abetting a foreign country. So, uh, you know, Vic, uh, is this what is this what led to, you know, you writing your book? Because I know you have a book out called NYPD Looking Through the Looking Glass or Through the Looking Glass. Excuse me. Well, I got bored. I mean, I did 15 years with the New York City Police Department. I moved down to Florida and uh, a lot of my friends and family encouraged me. They said, you know, you got all these stories from your time on the job. Why don't you start writing about it? And over the course of six years, I've written six books, four of which are about the New York City Police Department. Um, All my books are just filled with short stories of colorful characters, interesting criminals, Things that happen to me and, and my friends and family on patrol in the New York City Police Department. There's stories of, of when I worked in the organized crime division with auto theft. And it, it's just, you know, it's just short stories of, of things that happened to me during the course of my police career. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, you have other books, too. Uh, I've noticed that you were on... Um... Uh, a recent podcast called the street cop training podcast, which I thought it was presented very well. You know, you got into a lot of, um, a lot of different backgrounds of your, of your personal journey there as a cop in New York city, as a detective. And, uh, like I said, I'm sure you've seen a lot of it, man. Cause I remember living in New York and I can tell you, I think New York city has like the hardest job, you know, as a police officer. Cause yeah. I mean, Yep. You guys, I mean, you guys deal with it all. I mean, there's so many, like, God, like hundreds of thousands, just about millions there. I want to say millions now. You know, obviously, this city has grown in the last 16, 17 years. I mean, not living there, and it's still growing. You know, just just different types of people. There, I mean, all types of people. You have all types of criminals, too. Like, it's just, oh, boy, I, I, I could imagine what you've seen. You yeah, know? well, New York, New York City is one of the largest you know, cities in the world. I mean, you've got 9 million people packed into five boroughs, right? You've got the New York City Police Department. I don't know now, but while I was active at any given time, had between 35,000 and 40,000 members. So that's that that's a good Friday night attendance at a Yankee game. Yeah. And then spread out across the five boroughs, you have 77 police stations. And yeah. then you have specialized units and detective bureaus. So, I mean, they had it they had a perfect model to keep the city safe. And unfortunately what it looks like they did was they undermined it. And now, you know, you reap what you sow. Oh yeah. Yeah. You definitely reap what you sow. Exactly. Sauce. I don't know if you ever seen the move, uh, the show TV show, um, uh, NYPD. And then there's other ones, law and order, literally those shows. Yeah, man, those shows paint exactly, uh, the, the storyline of, of New York city on how these police officers deal with the this, this shit every single day. It's, it's yeah. literally like that, man. Well, so Vic, if I may have, if I may ask a question, 
what do you think is wrong? Like, why do you think Mary or Mayor Adams, sorry about that. Why do you think Mayor Adams is now so soft on crime? Because he was a police officer before he became mayor. <laughs> yeah, Mayor Adams was active during my time yeah. as a police officer. I think he got hired a little before, a little after me. But we basically, I don't know him. He's a Brooklyn guy. But but the NYPD have different fraternal organizations. So the Irish have the Emerald Society. The Italians have... Uh, the Columbia Association, Jewish cops have, I think it's called the Stubings Association. Eric Adams was very big in the Guardians, which was the uh, African-American society. And Eric Adams had a career of, he was always in the paper. He was always, you know, denouncing the NYPD, always saying it was racist. And well, maybe not always saying it was racist, but he was always putting race into things. And to his credit, you know, I think he became Brooklyn borough president for a while and he got into politics and listen, I don't agree with the guy. I'm not even a fan of the guy, but you got to give credit where credit's due to be able to get elected to the city of New York is quite an accomplishment. But I think unfortunately what happens to him and a lot of these politicians is they become, they become dependent on their donors, not their voters. And I think yeah. if their donors want them to lean a certain way, or, or, you know, not push for something, they're going to go along with it because at the end of the day, they need that money. They need those campaign contributions to get where they are. And it basically yeah. the little guy, the people, you know, the working class people of New York are the ones that ultimately pay the price because, you know, he just doesn't feel the need to, to really go after crime. No. And look at, and look at the DA of Manhattan too. I mean, you want to talk about like some violent and atrocious crimes going on. They have such a horrible way of like holding on to like the criminals and stuff, and like there's no consequences, so like there's like no bail, so like a guy can like that individual that pushed the girl like off the subway, and then he was out the next day. It's like it's like very poorly run, and he's like, and then he has audacity to say he's so, like, I don't know, it's just like, and there's a very big disconnect between him and Mayor Adams because it was interesting because. Mayor Adams says that well, he supported that. Hey, we got to support law and order while his DA does the opposite. You know, but his DA, I think, is funded by George Soros, though, too. So, I mean. Yeah, I, I think the same thing, Sash. I, I think the same thing. I, I think, uh, you know, from leaving New York, uh, I could tell you right now, man, that the strongest part of New York City uh, with the police force was, was under uh, Mayor uh, Rudy Giuliani. And that's my own personal opinion. Well, how can, how can you debate that? It's the truth. Yeah. I mean, crime was down before Giuliani came in. I mean, crime was up before Giuliani came in. Giuliani basically, you know, made New York City safe again. I mean, Times Square was the Wild West with sex shops and pimps and hoes. And Giuliani went in there and had us clean it up. And then what happened? Corporate America came in. You know, Disney had their flagship store there. Nike has their store. McDonald's, you have the, the largest McDonald's in there. Times Square became a safe place, you know, and that spread through the five boroughs where, you know, you know, before Giuliani, it, it was almost like an annual. And I lived in a nice neighborhood in the Bronx, but it was almost like an annual occurrence that you were going to get your fucking car broken into a couple of times a year. Maybe you're missing a radio. Maybe you're missing the whole car. I mean, we had over 150,000 stolen cars in the five boroughs we averaged in the 90s before Rudy came along. And, you know, yeah. we knocked that down to probably five or 10,000 a year. So, yeah, no, Giuliani, 
Well, 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 Vic, look at this, man. Even Hunts Point, uh, Red Hook, those areas are probably the worst in New York City. He cleaned up those areas. Red Hook was like like paradise uh, at one point, you know, under under Giuliani. I mean, yeah, there was a little crime here and there, but it, it wasn't like it is now. You go to Red Hook, man, you see hookers all over the place. You see insulin needles all over the damn ground, bums sleeping all over the place. It's It's a shit show. It really is. And and time and Central Park is about to be a crapshoot too because they're building that massive uh, what's it called refugee camp and stuff in Central Park. So that's about to be a crapshoot too. No, no, no. They're not putting it in Central Park. They're putting it out at Randall's Island. What are your thoughts on that? By the way, speaking of it, what do you think about those? Like about the busing of like? Uh, oh, I think they should close the border. <laughs> if you well, close, if you maintain law and order at the border, you wouldn't have these problems. Well, Mayor Adams did say he did say that they're a sanctuary city. So I mean, well, you think you that, get what you get, huh? You get that he you should ask. welcome them with open arms. Yeah, instead of complaining about, instead of like saying, oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, on Randall's Island, you said. Yeah, that's what I. That's yeah. Originally, it was they started opening up. They started the uh, the infrastructure at Orchard Beach parking lot, and I think the community went bananas and really pushed back on it. So they they basically picked up everything, and from what I read, that they they're putting it over in Randall's Island, which is kind of like a no man's land. It's it's right underneath the uh, the Triborough Bridge. Actually, the last scene of the movie, The French Connection, is filmed there where they. Where uh, where the bus takes place? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm familiar where it's at. Uh, I'm I'm very well, well aware of that. They shot a lot of movies, actually. Uh, even you know they they use that area very heavily uh, for Law and Order, uh, the new series, and then obviously they did a lot of scenes with uh, SVU over there too as well. So yeah, I'm very much well, well aware of that area. I just didn't know they were they were putting it in that area. I don't think they could get away with putting it in Central Park. There's still enough people with money there that would, you know, and donors. Don't let's not forget the people on the Upper West Side. So I don't think that that would fly. Well, but I thought they're all welcoming, though. Oh man, I guess New York isn't as welcoming as uh, people think. They say, like, and I think it's funny because now they're pushing back on it and say, "Well, I don't want them in my community, or I don't want them in this area." Well, you asked for it, didn't you? Why, why don't you elect better people that? you know, have like stronger foot. It's a very small number of people that drive crime in this city, just as it's a small number of people that drive violence. So, you know, I mentioned 43 people arrested more than 1,027 times citywide in 2022 for larcenies. We arrested them 1,027 times. They have undoubtedly victimized thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't that just happen in Martha's Vineyard? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, DeSantis uh, literally made that uh, that point very, uh, very, very well. And what I heard is the next set of migrants being bussed out of Florida or flown out of Florida, however he chooses to use it, he's going to make an example by flying them up to uh, New York City. And I don't know how uh, Mayor Adams is going to react to this, but uh, apparently we've seen the reaction coming out of Martha's Vineyard. We're like, oh, we don't want them sleeping on our beautiful manicured grass, you know? <laughs> or... It, it was interesting because we talked about this item. We talk about like what we're talking about right now. So I was, so I travel a lot, Vic, uh, either public speaking and doing a podcast, interviewing people. So I was going through Bucky's in San Antonio, in uh, Texas, Dallas, Texas. 
and I saw an unmarked tar- charter bus. And so I'm like, okay, my eyebrows, my instinct went up. And I said, hey, why don't I just go over there? Because I kind of looked like them because I down dressed whenever I travel. So what happened is I went over there. I asked some questions. Apparently, there's buses being uh, sent over to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and in Madison, Wisconsin. And right when I started asking about certain questions and stuff, I was saying, okay, who are the people? And uh, most of the people They're under 40 years old and they're militarized men, like uh, ex-military people. And rarely, and there's very few that have kids and even um, like women and stuff. But a lot of the women that, that do come across, they're used for prostitution. They're used for sex trafficking. And they're, and they're bringing fentanyl over. And now you're bringing that into Wisconsin. Well, uh, to my state, I mean, it's it's all over the place. And it's like that. It's, it's absolutely atrocious, the handling of it, you know. Yeah. If they, if they closed the border, you wouldn't have half these problems. But yeah. here's the here's the thing, Sauce. I mean, they do that with the uh, with the Chinese too, right? I mean, look at look at all your 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 fucking Chinese parlors all over the place. Chinese parlors today, right now, are literally modern. Uh, I mean, back in the day, we used to call them bathhouses. They're nothing but modern uh, whorehouses now, and that's what they are. You know, yeah. They, they just put that that label on for the uh, for the massage, and that's just their little getaway. You know, so they don't get in trouble. And that's what it is. And it's that's what America's becoming. You know, it, uh, unfortunately, it's uh, it's becoming third world. Yeah. And they put up a Chinese parlor actually in the East Town Mall. And I'm going to do a special episode on my podcast talking about uh, the Chinese taking over America without people knowing like the uh, invisible takeover. But that's for another episode. But either way, what made you write your book? What was the first book you wrote? Um, my first book I wrote, well, I didn't, the first book I wrote wasn't about police work. I wrote a comedy called Dickheads and Debauchery and Other Ingenious Ways to Die. And it's about the ridiculous things people do to shorten their life expectancy, like running with the bulls at Spain, running with the bulls in Spain, or going to Times Square during New Year's Eve. Just the ridiculous things that I saw during my years in the police department that people, you know, criminals did that, that ended their lives. Wait, going to New Year's Eve, that could end your, how could that end your life? Well, if you're packed in a pen, you can get crushed. You can get your throat cut after the ball drops. People don't realize how dangerous and disgusting it is at Times Square. I guess you can never tell, guys. You can never tell. But anyway, guys, uh, thank you uh, for listening in. uh, The voice of Vic Vieira, retired NYPD detective of New York City of 20 years. Guys, remember to hit that like, remember to hit that follow button on all major podcast platforms, and uh, we will see you next time, buddy.